0: You're listening to the Sustainable Angler Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Crawford. In this episode, I interview Lucas Bissett and Paul Moynister, who are launching a brand new project called Conservation from the Couch. Lucas, take it away. Every
1: morning we wake up and it feels like we're on an alien planet. Captain's log. Quarantine day. Who the hell knows, We're tracking the movements of two dog hair tumbleweeds from quadrant living room to planet kitchen. We have our phasers set to stun. They could be hostile. If your days are going anything like ours, we could all use some much needed human interaction and connection to our angling community. Lucky for you and those pesky tumbleweeds, Moldy Chum and the American Fly Fishing Trade Association are teaming up on a new series we are calling Conservation from the
0: Couch. So love this, Lucas. When you sent me that text last week, I was like, "This sounds awesome." Because myself included, am one of those people that's looking for ways to still be able to not only interact with um, my community and other people, but also and like trying to trying to make an impact, right, and in, in a positive way. So, um, conservation from the couch is kind of sounds like a perfect vehicle to do that. So I wanted to get uh, Lucas your, your, tell me more about the background on on how this project came about.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things that I thought has been really interesting around this entire situation that we've been a part of is that one of the things that you can do as an American citizen right now to make a difference is to stay on your couch. And so I thought, okay, Well, if we can stay on our couch to try and save lives, then we should be able to stay on our couch to try and conserve our fisheries or at least learn more about it. And so Paul and I um, were working together on this thing and we started talking. And I mean, right now, a virtual event is all you have an opportunity to do. And so we we were wondering how can we stay in connection with the people who we know are out there kicking butt and taking names and just make sure that we're paying attention whenever it's easy to lose focus. And so that was kind of the start of it. And so Paul and I got on the phone and, and this little baby just popped out and uh, I know I'm extremely proud of, of what I hope it to become. And and Paul, uh, if you have any more to add to it, great. I, what are your, what are your
2: thoughts? Is that sort of how you recollect? Yeah, no, no, that's right. And I mean, I think it's important, you know, um, We're all sitting on our couches. We're all doing various activities from watching Tiger King to tying flies. And so what we were trying to do is figure out how we could get folks who care a lot about these fisheries not only connected and and foster the community that we have so often in fly shops and events that are going on this time of year, but also importantly to give people an avenue to make a difference and fight for their fish. Um, we're also pretty excited about the fact that, you know, we, we do these types of events a lot, but they're generally not virtual. They're done in areas. And so you go into California or Florida and you do an event, you know, on a specific issue there. And, uh, we're, we're pretty pumped about the prospect of being able to bring these local NGOs, these local guides, um, and fly shops to a national audience. Um, you know, like, to to paraphrase uh Thomas Freeman, the fly fishing world is flat these days. Just because you live in California does, or, or Washington doesn't mean you don't care about redfish or stripers and vice versa. And so we're pretty excited to to use the um the unfortunate reality of this pandemic to bring people together in a virtual way and create a national community of fishermen and, and get them connected with local NGO leaders across the country.
0: No, that that that's fantastic. And I love that because you know it's it's just as you said. You know, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I know Lucas is in Louisiana. Paul, I'm actually not entirely sure what part of the country you're in.
2: Uh, based in Seattle, yeah.
0: Okay, so you're based in Seattle, so we're all sort of in these different pockets of uh, of the country. And to your point, even though I've never caught a steelhead or have even been steelheading, I care about those fish uh, because they're a an indicator species of the health. Of our oceans, which impacts us all similarly, um, I have fished in Louisiana, and we have redfish here too. Um, I don't think they're quite we don't grow them quite as big in in, in charleston as they as they do in Louisiana, but um, I care about those fish just as much as the redfish here and and I think that's really really cool that y'all are doing this, and also on a positive note, as we're all sitting here, as you said, watching Tiger King, I personally. Have, have built a personal beach in my backyard that I'm calling Kralhiti, So I'm losing my <laughs> mind. Uh, um, so it, it, is, it is using this as an opportunity to bring the community together, which I think is really needed. People need interaction. And uh, so kudos to you all. I think that this is going to be really great.
2: Thanks. Um- that sounds, yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, when this pandemic changes and the, and the fisheries in Washington open, it'll have to get you out there. And uh, I, I invite people to go steal heading all the time, but I tell them come up to Washington and uh, we'll go fishing, but don't plan on catching any fish. So, you know.
0: Uh, hey, I'm, I'm used to that. So uh, yeah. no worries. Perfect. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, Rick, I think something else that's important
1: to note is that uh, there's two things that I know to be true about our industry. One is that it's always a party. Uh, We always have a good time and that's something I absolutely adore about this industry. And the other thing is that I think the driving virtue of everyone I know is, is about conserving our fisheries and and protecting it for the future. And so this is a marriage of those two things. I mean, this is an opportunity for Uh us to have a good time. Uh, You know, this is like Jimmy Fallon meets the office meets national lampoons, but with a clear and, and precise message that I hope resonates with everyone because, Look, the, be- the beauty of this is that, like Paul said, we have an opportunity here like we've never had before where we have a captive audience, more or less, and an audience that is looking for ways to find distraction in what can only be described as, as hopefully the worst situation we're going to be in in a long time. So if, if the first goal is to make people laugh, the first goal is to bring some enlightened humor and a little bit of levity to all this, and then the second is to is to to get that message that resonates with all of us, which is sustainable fisheries. I mean, hell, we're on the sustainable angler. I mean, <laughs> right. what, what better way to sort of uh, sum up what it is that we're working on? You know, where it's, it's just something that is true to all of us. And so um, I want to bring people together and laugh and enjoy ourselves and then say, hey, what is it that we can do right now from the couch to to be vigilant and make sure that these things are still protected, even whenever. Um, you know, we're we're sitting here in the midst of of some dark days.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think that's so important too. Um, as someone who's wrapped entirely in in conservation and things related to climate change, and um, it, it you get beat over the head with this this stuff enough, and to the point where some people start to tune out, and I'm really cognizant of that, and I try to through my podcast, I do try and share success stories or, or things that are inspiration. Um, but I know there's not enough humor in my podcast. So this is another, um, I love this approach and this angle because it is just, you have to, it, it's so, it can be so overwhelming, I guess. And if you can't sort of pick it apart and either laugh at yourself or, or laugh at some components of this while also realizing that these are serious issues um, that should be taken seriously. Um, but you don't have to, I guess, I don't know, beat yourself up all the time about it.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, we're in the global, middle of a global economic collapse. The last thing we need to do is, you know, depress people even more with some bad things that are going on with the state of our fisheries. Um, you know, the reality is that, the, you know, there's a lot of success stories. And one of the things that Lucas and I work a lot on is the Magnuson Stevens Act, which we, we jokingly call it the most successful least well-known conservation law in the country because most people haven't heard of it but it's been responsible for a tremendous amount of restoration of our fisheries since 1976 when it was passed and so um, there's a lot of really important things out there that I mean that's a federal policy that that was enacted that's getting revised you know every 10 years it's on deck now to get revised again and it hasn't quite moved forward but um, there's some really fantastic things that are going on with our fisheries, and, and these organizations are all on the forefront of, of bringing those realities forward.
0: Yeah, and and you something with Magnus and Stevens that I I got more familiar with because of Lucas um, is the the fact that in terms of it being a success story, is that it really it kind of is the perfect model for marrying. Policy with science to generate a positive outcome um, and I, honestly I, it, it's not viewed in that way, but I think it should be going forward um, as a a model for success for how you can marry policy with conservation and with a positive yeah. outcome.
1: unique story is that we're talking about something that we're just looking to maintain the status quo because Magnuson since the 90s has rebuilt over 40 stocks. I mean, this thing's working and it's important to note that a lot in today's, you know, sort of fisheries management is about updating, modernizing, changing, you know, and and there are things that definitely could be modernized, but the reality is is that for once we're asking it just to stay the same. I mean, and that's in today's ever changing world, uh it's it's hard to to find many things that you can say has worked and has been updated properly over the last 40 years and that we're just saying, you know, keep the conservation parts in and the science as well. And, and I think that's extremely important. uh, What you said, Rick, is that that marriage of science and policy and letting science dictate policy versus policy dictate science is something that we could all use uh, a little bit more of in, in today's world.
0: What areas, I guess, or can can you provide a little bit of insight of uh, maybe where y'all are going to go with this in terms of um, what areas will you start with, or what work do y'all have any any sort of plans laid out already?
2: Yeah. So, um, we've got, we've got four on the books right now. Um, we're going to start, um, with one, uh, involving stripers and, uh, we're going to be covering kind of the mid Atlantic all the way up to the coast of Maine on that one. I'm going to be working with the uh, American saltwater guides association on that one. Um, we've got a steelhead one from my neck of the woods, uh, and that's going to be with the wild steelhead coalition. And, uh, we're going to have some great folks on there from Oregon and Washington chatting about that issue. Um, We've got a redfish, uh, one down in the Gulf that Lucas is going to be spearheading. And then uh, we've got a bonefish tarpon, one with BTT, that's also on the books for Florida.
0: Sweet. Um, No, that's a a good... That sounds amazing, actually. I'm looking forward to this. And when when is that first one getting kicked off? Uh, The first date is going to be May 7th. May 7th. So this is... I have no idea what day it is today is Monday <laughs> quarantine day. Who the <laughs> hell knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today's Monday, April the 27th. So we're talking roughly week and a half from today. So whenever people are listening to this, um, you'll be hearing in about a week, you'll be seeing the, the, the first, uh, conservation from the couch zoom panel discussion. Um, are y'all able to share who's going to be on the first one or? Yeah, we're going with, um,
1: we're going with the, the striper one first. Okay. We're gonna, All right, cool. We're going it, to, it's going to, I mean, the, the not that the, this is sort of a happy accident, but it most likely will sort of head clockwise around the country. So okay. Northeast, Florida, Gulf, and then up to the Pacific
0: Northwest. Right on. That's really cool. And, and hopefully th- and maybe this is I don't know if you will had this in mind when you when you came up with this concept and idea but hopefully it, it'll show the interconnectedness of all of this right that there's not just one species you know just because it's stripers that doesn't impact other fish and fisheries that migrate to other fisheries and um, in other areas and, and things of that nature and really that's something that that I've I've learned a lot um, through doing my podcast is, is you really are, are understanding particularly now with COVID nineteen especially the interconnectedness of of everything yeah. now just the world we're living in
2: absolutely there's a lot of things that we need to be talking about that we aren't necessarily talking about. And when you bring together that, those connected threads, it creates a lot more power. And that's a lot of what Lucas and I are focusing on doing, which is how do you build a national coalition of anglers? who care about this stuff. who talk about it. Who, uh, yeah. You know, what happens to stripers on the East coast matters to steelhead on the West coast. And so um, how do we connect those threads and build those bridges and create that coalition of strength?
0: Awesome. I love that. Y'all mentioned earlier, or when we first started the show, and I got this text from, from Lucas that y'all have gotten some support from um, the industry, you know, Moldy Chum is involved with this, American Fly Fishing Trade Association. Um, can you elaborate on, on that, Lucas, for, for how, how that support has, has, I guess, benefited the, the idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things, like Paul said, that we've been working on is is sort of a, a connection that that resonates throughout. And to me, I think one of the the biggest litmus that we're seeing to this point of whether or not we're we're tapping into something here is the fact that we've seen just really amazing support from our industry and, and coming together. And I think I think the important message here is that conservation is a unifying concept. It's something that that because it runs through all of us deep, that it's something that we can, we can break down, you know, barriers and and other things that may typically exist. So if you have, you know, two companies who are, are in business and and not necessarily rivals, but you know, working on towards the same goal, and this is something that you have your your Orvis and your Umqua and your your AFTA, you know, bringing all this stuff together. And you have Drake Magazine and Sustainable Angler and, you know, Gink and Gasoline all working at the same time to say, you know what? This is what we need right now. This is exciting. This is fun. This is something that we could all use just a dose of innovation on the top. And I think um, there's just no, been no better indicator to me to this point, of of whether or not we're doing the right thing. It, it's, the, it's the amazing support that we've seen. I mean, we've got, I mean, maybe 10 different brands now, Paul. I mean, it's, uh, it's a yeah. lot of folks so far. I mean, um, and like I said, different sources of, of media coming together, uh, Moldy Chum and, and Drake and all these, and it's just, to me, it's just really awesome. It just, it just indicates that, that we're all hungry to continue to do the good work. We're all looking for ways to be active participants in what happens in our fisheries and right now this is what we have this is what we can do and and um i love it i i'm absolutely excited about it i know i know paul is as well um this was something that you know was conceived from the couch and so from our couch to yours you know it's just it's really just been kind of a uh an awesome ride so far hopefully we can back it up with some some kick-ass events you know that's the main thing now
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. and if it goes well there's uh there's no reason it can't extend beyond the four you know this is something that, you know, whether it be a yearly series or we extend it, you know, moving forward, this was an opportunity that we're not being stuck on the couch. But, um, you know, hopefully it's something we can continue to do going forward because we really love this idea of being able to connect. You know, like if you BGT never comes to Seattle, <laughs> we, we don't see them up there ever. And so, you know, we can follow what they're doing online and we can you know sign up on their newsletters, but it's going to be super excited exciting just to be able to see their faces and hear, you know, the folks from that organization talk about the great work that they're doing, because I, I know I'm dreaming of going tarpon fishing right now in Florida Some i here on the couch. Yeah. Sure. So, um, yeah, um, yeah well, no, that,
0: that's awesome. And, and I think, I think
1: Paul makes a good point too. Just being aware is enough, you know, for, to, to start because the reality is is that you know a lot of what we do right now is species specific it's regional focus and so i don't know exactly what's going on in the pacific northwest not from the people who are working on it you know i know right. the general and sort of broad idea of what's happening but mm-hmm. man getting that frontline view of what's going on from the people who are working on it and are intimately involved i think is is something that just getting a new set of eyes on an issue can be a huge impact in how And how that organization is able to move forward. I mean, imagine, you know, the rush of support that could happen for an area that has been, you know, isolated from maybe that larger coverage. Because, look, the reality is, is, as you know, Rick, whenever you're in the trenches and you're in there fighting for your species in your area, the idea of broadcasting out nationally may not be in your wheelhouse. it may not be something that you can either afford or, or have the ability to do and so mm-hmm. if we can bring focus to something that you've never seen before or never knew about, I think just having those new sets of eyes on it is going to make a huge difference and and reality is is that that's what makes this concept so so simple and and beautiful at the same time because a lot of this is just about a lack of focus and that, you know, bad stuff happens when you're not paying attention. And so, uh, you know, increasing that, that expanse of, of broad base of people looking is, is I think going to be a really, really cool concept, which is why I hope that we find a way for this to live on. I hope that we continue to do this because to me, as Paul said, you know, we've been traveling around the country doing this stuff. And I came to, I came to Charleston and talked to y'all. Um, having this as supplement in between those is, is really, I think going to be really cool and, and important because this is something that we can do for relatively cheap and people can hop on for an hour, be entertained, learn something and and maybe go out and do something about it. So uh, this is uh, this is something that I'm really 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 looking forward to. If you can't tell, I'm excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I love that, and and you bring up a good point too. And just sort of w- with staying positive about everything that that's happening in the world is one, you know, who who couldn't use an opportunity to learn a little bit something new, um, but two, one of the, the the positive outcomes from all this, like you said, is being able to um, have conservation from the couch be. A springboard for for not only education and awareness about issues, but also be able to reach um, new parts of the country who, where, where that message has it's not falling on deaf ears. It's just not something they think about every day. I'm sure most steelheaders aren't, you know, wondering what's what's happening with bonefish spawning you know, at, at all times and, and learning about that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm personally really looking forward to it because, you know, like for stripers, I don't know a lot about striper fishing. So I'm kind of excited about that and um, as, as well as steelhead. So this was, uh, I think, I guess my point is this is a really good opportunity um, and to have some laughs along the way.
1: Well, and I think, I think bring up two important things there, Rick. One is that there are differences that are happening around the country. important thing is, is that there's a lot of crossover in those issues that mm-hmm. you are going to find just because you've never paid attention to stripers before doesn't mean that you're going to go, Oh, that's also happening in this fish in my area. And that is the important message that I think we can all take from this is that while the species may change, the crap that's in the fan is the same. And yep. that there's typically very similar drivers that are happening in all of those areas. Whether you look as broad as something as climate, or as narrow-focused as something as water quality, all of those things are affecting species in a very similar way. And the fights, while they may be in different areas, tend to be very similar.
2: Yeah, and the, and the idea that we're stronger together and that we can make more of a difference and make more of a positive impact if we're fighting together. And so we all need to band together across the country to not only support for the issues, you know, to fight for the issues, here's the backyards, but also in the, in the destination fisheries that we hear about and we dream about and that our, you know, our friends guide in or in the areas that they live in as well. So.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so where, where are, so May 7th is, is the first episode, I guess. Ep, I don't know if episode is the right word, but first discussion. Um, where can people find this? Like, is there a website or how is it going to be broadcast? How, how can we, how can we let the people know?
1: Yeah, so, so right now we are working on a litany of different uh, promotional materials to send out. Um, one of the cool things about having so many brands and partners in this is that every one of them are going to be so, um, sending this out via their social. Uh, so be on the lookout very soon that, to start seeing this stuff uh, trickling out from all of the major brands that are in our industry, all of the major media sources. Um, this podcast is going to be a really good way to kind of kick off that promotion the uh, exact you know sort of formula of how we're going to going to message this thing as far as advertisement then you're going to start seeing that stuff because you know we just have to get the um we have to get the back end set up on the Zoom part you know with registration and things like that yep, and so yep. we just want to make sure that we have all of those those kinks out before we uh, we start advertising it but it's very soon um, today's monday so i would say you know long before the end of the week we're going to have we're going to have stuff out there circulating and it'll be a matter of uh, signing up and, and getting, your, uh, getting your spot and, and getting to be a part of it. And we are going to be taking some questions from the audience. So as these uh, dates are, are announced, make sure that you, uh, you think of your questions. And um, we'll, we'll pick a few of them via the chat uh, portion of Zoom. And then uh, we'll ask those at the very end. And, and ask funny ones, too. So don't just make it about conservation. You know, that's some funny stuff too. You know, I want to know I want to know what people are doing in all of this. You know, if, if uh you know, if your if your regiments have changed slightly, we'll talk about that. If your eating habits have changed as mine have, we'll talk about those sorts of things. So um, you know, funny first and um conservation is gonna be a nice bonus. So
0: well well, I, I just wanna know. I might I might have to dial into the Bonefish Tarpon Trust as how can I catch bonefish from Krahiti in my backyard?
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask, what's the story with Krahiti? <laughs> you know, do you guys have nice sandy flats or are you, you know, more rocky and coral? What, what's the, what does the structure look like?
0: Yeah, right now there's a lot of oak. We have an oak leaf flat um, and, and pine straw flat um, that's happening, but the every week that this goes by, um, I add one more component to the to Crawheedy. And, mm-hmm. um, before this is said and done, there may there very well may be a dump truck dumping sand in my backyard. Um, <laughs> so, is that the official test as to when this has gone too long? Whenever, whenever
1: yes. actually gets a beach? <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: When I have a for real beach in my backyard with, with white sand, you will, you will know officially that I have flown off the reservation. Um. So, um, unfortunately, I don't know that I have much runway left. If we're <laughs> going to be honest, I
1: mean, uh, I'm starting to get to the end.
0: <laughs> e- everyone is. This this, this is cr- crazy.
2: I mean, I think a bit of Beach is from what I. <laughs> oh
1: man, I can't tell you. We we're we're mixing margaritas and uh, we got beach volleyball in the back. It, it's insane. I mean, yeah. Well, so. Uh, so-
0: well, 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 mine has mine gone crazy enough to where I've got Krahiti, but my back screened-in porch is the Quarantiki Lounge. Um, and that's, you know, you, you, you have a change of scenery there. You can come up to the Quarantiki Lounge, turn the fan on, cool off, or, or just head right on down to the beach. You know, enjoy that's yourself. It.
1: Yeah. Look, I'll know I know I'll know that you've officially officially lost it whenever you have a swim up bar at Corn <laughs> at Kiki.
0: <laughs> I do have a drainage ditch behind my that's house. My we point. can get creative. Yeah. Oh, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um
1: well, y'all, this a is fly and you just belly up like an alligator, right? up to the uh, <laughs> car. That's right.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, before we, uh, you hit the stop record button, you know, two things for you. One, um, thanks to Brian Bennett, who I know is a, a past guest of yours, uh, at Moldy Chum. He's going to, you know, with his leadership on all of this, he's going to be really driving, um, on this and so you can not only find out about the upcoming events on moldy chum but he's going to be posting all the videos too so if you miss one of the the screenings you can always go on to moldy chum and hopefully our other partners will be sharing that and also importantly um with every single event after the event there's going to be a list of actions that you can take as well and so um you know we hope that you tune in uh for the comedy and the conservation from the couch but also importantly once the, the video ends you know um we hope that people you know take them apart and, um, and take the actions that are that are listed and recommended by the folks that are on that call and so um, and then uh, you know I know Rick this is your podcast but if you don't mind here uh, I think Lucas and I would love to turn the tide on you here and uh, ask you a few of the questions that we've been pondering about that will most likely be featured on conservation from the couch as a little teaser for what's to come.
0: Oh wow. All right. All right. Surprise. <laughs> bring, well, it been, bring it on. Bring it on.
2: you got busy, you know, building Krahiti Island, which um, you know, I'm curious also when you're gonna just start trying to form your own government and what the tribal council is going to look like and how all that's going to work. You know, if you're going to go with a parliamentary system or more of a republic democracy, but, um, uh, Lucas, if you want to start it off with any of any of the questions that you've been pondering.
1: Well, I think, I think the most important question is, is how long before you vote your own daughter off the Island?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll vote myself off. She stays. (laughs) She's staying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A good
1: answer. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Yeah, no, believe me. I was already like third in line in my house before we had a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I've somehow dropped to like 10th and there's not even 10 spaces. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know how I got so low, but <laughs> like the other day, my wife asked a neighbor if they wanted to move in, if I would move out, you know, like this is only, <laughs> uh, exasperated that to an, another level. I don't know if exasperated is the right word. I'm just making stuff up, but, um, so one of the things that we we're going to ask folks and I think it's an important question, you know, this is what inquiring minds want to know is what is the most unique thing that you've done from the couch during quarantine that you know we can air literally from my couch from the couch like uh, you know like there's been like for my, for, for instance my couch has become all sorts of things. like, it used to be a couch. It used to be, I'd sat there and watched television did that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a music stage because as we've talked about in the past, I've started to play guitar. Yep. So now I'm doing, I'm doing full concerts for okay. those tumbleweeds, yeah. tumbleweed audience. Yeah. They're quiet, but they are very attentive. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm doing like, uh, you know, like seminars now because my kid, I'm his teacher.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I'm doing, I'm doing full blown, dry erase uh you know presentations from the couch okay something i've never done before um and then the most important thing is we have lost all semblance of societal norms and that food is now being consumed (laughs) as the couch being the plate (laughs) like we've we've taken it to the next level so before we would eat like on the couch but there was like an area that you stayed in you know quarantined from the couch now like the other day my wife had like salsa like on the couch and she just just you know (laughs) you know excavator scooping this stuff and now so there's like a block as an area of protection i mean the couch has become a whole nother part of the home and that it's it's its own entity it's, uh, it's multifaceted in its abilities, and so I'm just wondering, after that long explanation, what is the craziest thing you've done?
0: Okay, so some of the crazy things that I've done on the couch, um, one is I have one of those little Practicaster rods. Ooh. So the little, like, two-foot rods or whatever they are, three feet, I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, so I've been hitting different objects in my home from the couch. Um, <laughs> So that's been, actually, that's been fun. So it's um, a boat. Yeah, so it's a, boat. So it's a, so it's a skiff. Okay, um, okay. That's okay.
2: like, you know, red, red, redfish. two o'clock, two o'clock, three yeah.
0: feet. Yeah, here, just put it right in front of it. Put it right in front of it, three, three feet. feet. Right. Um, a lot of, so my finesse game has gotten pretty strong. Um, it definitely is the new kitchen table, like, hands down, it's the only place I eat. Um, I, too, have been... Playing more guitar and thinking that I sound great, oh, so yeah. there could be some sort of delusional uh, recording studio, maybe that's happening there. And oh, please, please tell me you voice memoed some of your songs. I'll, I'll, I will say this. Um, I wrote a song, um, and it's probably going to be aired. I've been sitting in on my buddy Paul Puckett's podcast um on monday mornings and we might actually sing it next week so basically my point is we're completely going crazy um so i guess the craziest thing that i have done from the couch is lose my mind
2: (laughs) well played (laughs) well played (laughs) that sounds uh, you might have some time this week to write a uh, a theme song for conservation from the couch. Okay. From your own couch. Yeah. That's it. So we would be happy to have there. I'll
0: I will, I will, at the very least I'll write a really terrible poem that you can read from the beginning or end. Coup. Yeah. A haiku. Conservation haiku. Yeah. Con- like conservation it. coup. The couch coup. The couch coup. Here we go.
1: See, these are how, these are how the ideas start. This is it. it. Like Uh, I'm an idea man. I think what I'm gonna start calling it is instead of a sectional, it's gonna be a delusional. Like that's what my (laughs) couch is now gonna be called.
0: (laughs) I I personally am am a huge fan of the couch coup. I
2: I think that all that brings to mind is that you know Lucas's kid Wyatt coming in and pushing his dad off the couch and saying, I'm in charge of the couch now, it's a coup (laughs) (laughs) d'etat. You're in
0: my world now. (laughs) um that's awesome well so what, what else you got anything else for me yeah all right
2: uh what's the um well this is really a lucas special too so i'm sure he'll have plenty to answer on this one but uh what is the strangest thing you've eaten uh from the couch during the quarantine
0: the strangest thing that i've eaten from the couch um Jeez, that's a good question. Um, well, e- they were in season, so I don't know if it's strange, but the most unique thing, and just so it happened to be the most delicious thing that I've eaten from the couch, was a fried soft shell crab sandwich. Ooh. Whoa! Okay, yeah. Um, okay. So not strange so much as there's yeah. a two week so I- win- there's a two week window in Charleston, pretty much where the soft-shell crabs are in. And um, while we have been self-quarantining, we do what we can to support local businesses in our area. And so there's a local seafood uh, store when my wife was making the grocery run and she scooped up a handful of soft-shell crabs and they were delicious.
1: So unless you have the couch covering from a 1950s movie, uh, that is a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> that is a bold move. <laughs> because I'm, I mean, I have, I have consumed a number of soft shell crabs and to say that they are messy, have the potential to be messy is an understatement. So kudos to you, Mr. Crawford.
0: Kudos. Yeah. Well, Hey, look, there's not, there's always the leftover bits that you can, you know, nibble on the next day. A little, little fried soft shell crab leg, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a treat. <laughs> the one that you find in the couch? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so
1: I have been on a, like a deconstruction movement with my food consumption. Uh, last week, I was deconstructing s'mores. This week, I've moved on to pepperoni pizza. Nice. So this is a true scene. If you would have walked into my living room the other day, I had laid out before me in full Pearl Jam black style a bag of pepperoni, a bag of macaroni and cheese and a can of black olives. And I was reconstructing a deconstructive pizza minus the dough inside my mouth. One, one or two pieces at a time. So
2: what I what I appreciate about Lucas so much is in an era where you know everything is elevated, you know, like this elevated sandwich or the you know this elevated pasta. You can't get on a food blog without seeing the word elevated. He's just reduced. He's just taking <laughs> a bare number of minimums. Like you know, it's the tang just putting it right in your mouth. He's like, I'm just going to take the pepperoni. I'm going to take a handful of cheese. I'm going to put an olive, you know, in my hand. And I'm just going to throw it all in my mouth. I, I really. <laughs> Well, I mean, the the real skill to that is the cheese,
1: right? I mean, because cheese coming out of a pouch, like Big League Chew. You remember Big League Chew? Yes, yes. Crane hand into the mozzarella, squeezing it, creating a ball of the mozzarella. And I'm (laughs) popping that into my mouth behind the spice of pepperoni and then a little salty (laughs) olive. And then... Before you know it,
2: <laughs> my pants don't fit. <laughs> That's a, that is a strong move. don't have to wear pants during this pandemic. That's name. it. No
1: pants. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to have to take out a loan on wardrobe because I've outgrown everything I have at this point. I mean, I've got the quarantine 15 happening once a week. Like, this is, this is bad. Like, I'm having to grow more neck beard to cover things. I mean, this is, this is out of control. Like, I have, I have never not moved. I just did a double negative to tell you how little I'm moving at this point in, in this quarantine. I mean, I'm like struggling to get up off of the couch office, uh, teacher bench, you know, like the delusionals got me sucked in baby. I am deep. deep
0: Let me me tell you, it's in every, I think everyone is feeling that. I mean, my, my, my couch is like my, center of my universe right now and it's
1: the sun it is the sun yeah our, yeah planet, i mean i, I like
0: planet. aside from the you know a cra- a occasional walk out to to um uh,
2: well uh you know we're all we're all forming special bonds with our couches these days and so you know as lucas said like they are the sun in our universe yeah. uh and so i'm just curious to know too have you named your couch yet and if not um what would you name your couch Geez, well, got a going on, so you uh, know, it's gonna be top to top. But.
0: so I don't know that this will top, uh, I so I have not named the couch. Um, at this point, I'm gonna say I'm trying to come up with something really solid right now. Um I'm going to call it the Crawford carnival tour mobile <laughs>
1: mobile. I like it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, it feels like there's a carnival going on in in my house from my couch. Is kind of what it, what it feels like. My 18 month old daughter just running circles around the house, having the time of her life. Right. Um, I'm using peanut butter like it's salsa dip. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I literally had to take the jar of peanut butter that's
1: been sitting on my coffee table away because I found new and innovative ways to eat it. Uh, Two days ago, I was using those little mini candy bars as a spoon and just like dipping them in like like the old Dunkin' Dunkaroos back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just, just double shoveling <laughs> peanut butter directly into my gullet. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, as, as a person who is climbing ever closer to pre-existing conditions, be like pumping the brakes, I've just put NOS in this car and I am flying at 400 miles an hour
0: i i am too i i i'm gonna edit the other one out i've got a better one because i've been doing a lot of i i've I've been doing a lot of things that are you know focused around escapism so like i'm reading tales of the south pacific right now i've been doing uh reading like jimmy buffett books listening to, to Reggae, you know, just just trying to escape. So I'm going to say that the couch's name is the Vagabond's Couch. After one of my favorite authors and heroes, Don Blanding, who moved to Hawaii in the 1930s and wrote Vagabond's House, which if you're looking for some escapism, I highly recommend. So the name of it was what you broke up? Vagabond's House. So I'm going to call my couch because it is my mode of escapism, Vagabond's Couch.
1: There you go. The Nomad Vagabond, call me what you will. Yeah. Metallica That's, style.
0: Yeah. I mean, i yeah. just, you know, I'm trying to just live the dream from my couch. A special thanks to Lucas and Paul uh, for joining me on the Sustainable Angler and also uh, for the, the amazing work that they're both doing trying to, to make a positive impact with conservation from the couch. If you're looking uh, for a place to access this series, you can find that at, on MoldyChum. That's moldychum.com. And thanks again for tuning in.